Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Canton III, and we are continuing our coverage of the Disney Plus series, Moon Knight. This is episode two. Let's introduce the panel. First, the super producer, Jake Christie, is in the house. Jake, how are you, sir? I feel like an absolute donut. (laughs) (laughs) That's excellent. And returning from his uh, one-week absence, Jerome Chang is in the house. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, guys. Uh, I'm sorry I couldn't make that one, um, but I'm happy to talk about these because, as you mentioned, we had the wonderful opportunity of getting to see the first four. So uh, really excited to talk about it with both of you. Well, let's lead off with with you first, Jerome. We didn't get your your thoughts, and I kind of just want to hear your general thoughts about episode one and your general thoughts about the series and how you received it. What did you take in? I. I will mention that I did just come off listening to our episode uh, that you did with Howard, which was really good. Uh, I I think, yeah, I agree on a lot of friends. I just like the pacing of it. I didn't know going into uh, the series how many episodes there were going to be, um, which now makes sense now that I see how quickly it gets into the action. But I just, uh, I really like... A, Oscar Isaac, obviously. Um, the cast in general across the board has been really a delight. And um, definitely once we start, you know, talking about the episode today, like you, we really get to dive into others outside of really Oscar and uh, Ethan Hawke. But that's really great on its own as a foundation. And then um, I love, yeah, how quickly it gets into the action and just like the plot of it. I think what happened with some of the Disney Plus series is it would take at least like two or three episodes like you didn't feel like it was picking up into whatever the arc of the season was until about like halfway through if not further and this one just seemed to like kick off right away like it sets at least like the parameters of what exactly we're trying to figure out or deal with pretty early and uh beyond that yeah it's been a really good watch so far um i like that it hasn't made any direct or obvious ways to connect to the larger universe so i've been able to really enjoy the story independently uh of itself and yeah it's it's just weird and it's fun and let's talk about it yeah i I love a little weird and fun and this episode here in episode two we kind of continue on with that theme as our our pal stephen grant is still trying to figure out what the hell happened the night before (laughs) As he wakes up after the situation that occurred with Arthur and and Mark and transforming into Moon Knight for the first time that we see visually. So what I isn't guess, a worse nightmare than a public washroom uh, incident, like an embarrassing public washroom incident? Like we all uh, you that. mean the nightmare I have about once a month where I'm find <laughs> out that I missed a class in high school and I didn't technically graduate and I need to go back and like do a test. Oh, I, mean, I that hate that worse. one. Oh, I hate that boy. one so much, man. Um, <laughs> <Anyway>. Yes. <laughs> but, but yes, right. So he wakes up. <laughs> yeah, he wakes up. And I think the really it felt like the theme of this episode was to kind of like build on what we saw in the first one. Obviously, knowing more about who Mark Spector is and Layla as we meet her, Jake, what what were your general takeaways from this episode? What did you feel like you you got out of it? I think that what it 
did effectively is while Steven is still in over his head, I think that one of um, Howard's things last week, wink, wink, we're recording this the same week, um, <laughs> was that he was like, you know, you really want to watch Steven kind of, you know, bumble around, um, not really knowing what to do, being not being up to the task. And I think what I liked about this episode is that even though, once again, like I said, he's still not up to the task. I like that he is more of a fleshed out character and that he clearly like the show has a lot of empathy for him. And I think that very easily the episode one could end the way it does. And another show would pick up right in that moment and you'd have like 20 minutes of Mark, but instead it still keeps it grounded in Steven's experience. Um, and I thought that was a really strong decision um, that we learn everything through his eyes. Um, the mystery is he's solving it with us. And so like, you know, that that's the reason why so many different stories, especially TV miniseries use mysteries as their framing is because it's the best way to do exposition. If you have a character finding things out as they go along, you don't have to have any scenes where people explain stuff because the character is learning it actively. Um, And so all the stuff where he's discovering all these different things and learning, you know, about his powers and all these things. And I think that, it's interesting for the audience to learn it, but then we also learn a lot about Steven himself. Um, instead of just that he, you know, loses days at a time, we learn that he has a strong moral compass, that he yeah. is not a, he's not a donut, you know, um, which I really like. <laughs> That's, that is tremendous. Uh, Jerome, how about you? What were your general takeaways from the episode? Yeah, I, I think um, it, again, like I, I just kind of said the same, but like it, it just moves so well in that it doesn't take, it doesn't drag with anything like, you know, Steve and bumbling. Like we go quickly into him being useful in his own way and like really adding to the idea that both the sides of him and Mark are integral to the success of this character accomplishing what they need to accomplish. Um, I think it offers a nice gray area to Ethan Hawke's character uh, in terms of the villainry or maybe the one who understands what's going on better than anyone else we don't know yet uh i like that to it and um yeah even just like visually like you know you saw all the posters and i just didn't know how they connect and like i'm sure we'll get to it later but just saying it really early the fact that you know there are two suits and each one represents like one represents mark and one represents steven i absolutely love because i i maybe i just didn't put enough thought to think about like that that's a pretty obvious thing that would happen, but it's really fun to see. I really, I, after this, I, I've been thinking about it. If it's under $250, I think I'm going to try oh, you to would, get that. You, would, you should for definitely Halloween. do that. Like yeah. the Mr. Knight though, not Moon, not the Moon Knight one. That's easy. But the Mr. Knight one, I, I'll, I will see if, if I can get it for under $250, i will do it. Because that's a dope <laughs> costume to have. It's a great costume. Uh, yeah, without question. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and it's funny. You mentioned the Arthur point, and I just... I just love that getting to know more about this character who in a lot of ways in episode one, you almost feel like, damn, he's very empathetic for somebody who's supposed to be a villain, like empathetic in the sense that he's Mm. empathetic towards others and their plight, the way that he speaks to them and the way that he talks to Steven in this episode about not only uh, the situation with the scales, but with Khonshu specifically puts those things into a light that really does make you think about it doesn't help that country's a dick (laughs) yes oh yeah country sucks 
Country's Country's a bad sucks. friend. It, it actually reminded me a little bit. Uh, do I did either of you like watch or read uh, Death Note? It just had like a real like Ryuk vibe to him in like that. It's also like a spirit or soul that is kind of an asshole. But um, no, like we don't need to even delve into that side of it. But I just, just bad vibes though. It's really it's that, honestly more than anything else is the bad vibes. Um, yeah, the thing I thought was really great about Haro Haro. Sorry, what you're just talking about with the empathy. I think it's actually a more effective thing of one of my favorite scenes in Winter Soldier with Alexander Pierce explaining like the, if your granddaughter soccer game was going to get blown up, what if we could identify the people who are going to do it? Like this is kind of the cosmic version, like the yeah. magical version of that, which I really like. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think when you not only add that element, but also the Layla element to things and we, we get a look at her and, I thought that this episode did a great job of establishing her as somebody very important to to Mark and the story generally. She's uh, so charming. Yes, yes. You She's root, so likable. You, you want to root for her. You want to. You mm-hmm. want to root for her. And I feel like I feel like that that scene that takes place in Stevens Stevens place I think is like really is really important to kind of establish those things and Steven already kind of developing a little crush on her. You see that off the bat. (laughs) So uh, very easily. And, you know, Mark being stoic. And to me, it points out the way that this show has been done to this point is the choice to make Steven kind of more central than Mark was a Mm -hmm. great idea because it allows us all to feel like we can not only be empathetic with this person, well, we kind of want to root for this person to succeed just because mm-hmm. he's just he's just a dude that it feels like he's down on his luck from everything that happened in the first episode to this as well, getting fired from the I, museum. I will say uh, there is an element and you know, Howard mentioned it too. like in this episode, it does just a bit get a little grating in how much he will get in the way of the like action moving forward. Yes, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I think th- I, but I think that they kind of, I don't think that that's a problem going forward as much. No, 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 um, no. Which I think is, I think, it, I, I think that it does a little bit get annoying. But once the moment with the Mister Night Suit comes out, then I think <laughs> that that's kind of where the show gets it, like where it is, where mm-hmm. he act try. Because I think the problem, it's not so much that I mind if he's trying and screws up. It, mm-hmm. The pro- the time where it can get a little grating is if he's just not engaging with the problem, you know, that he's like, yep. no, 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 I'm not doing this. That's when it gets a little annoying. If he's just bad at solving the problem, then it still can be entertaining. That part, yeah. No, I, I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's just the part where he provides more resistance than it is, like, his att- – or his version of solving the problem. Yeah. And I gotta and I gotta be honest about it. Like like put yourself in in Stephen's shoes. If you're in this type of situation, it will kind of feel like normal for something so weird, even yeah. mm-hmm. to get in the way of something like this. As when Mark is asking, uh, "Is it please let me take over? Let me take over?" And it's like, yeah. do I really want to do this? No, I, I'm <laughs> not. I'm not really interested in doing this. So that that push and pull that builds continuously in this episode like even though even though we see that he lets mark help him out at the end of episode one once he learns more about mark where he goes to the storage locker that kind of changes his outlook and so that moral compass that you were talking about earlier jake kind of comes into full view here and and it informs what this series 
probably looks like with the push and pull between these two because Mark seems like a get-it-done guy and he's kind of has to in order to keep going with this deal that he has with Kanchu. And I think I'll add yeah. to Mark too, though, like beyond like the personality seeming like that, like Mark is also more aware of that side of things. Mm-hmm. So at least from his perspective, like he is placed on that path and he has been doing it for an indefinite amount of time that we don't quite know yet. So at least on that front, like, you know, he's like he, to him, he knows what's what are what's the, what are the stakes yeah. as opposed to Stephen, who is like figuring it out. So like beyond maybe even just like a pure like because, of course, he's a mercenary and he mm-hmm. uh, like has that personality to him. He also is someone who actually already has everything laid out in front of him, at least as far as he knows. Mm-hmm. And is moving forward like that also kind of dictates why he seems more of a man of action. Well, you also see him trying to also understand Stephen to a degree and help him guide him through the situation. But also knowing that in a lot of ways, time is short in terms of the scarab Mm -hmm. and what it may mean for the overall story. So. We should talk about like Mark more, Jake. How do you feel as we see Mark more in this episode and see more of him talk to Stephen and how that plays into the whole Conchu element of of this things? What did you take away from that? I think the scenes where they are uh, talking to each other are incredibly effective for what they are because I think that it's ever since someone learned that you can cut a piece of film in half. People have been making movies where people talk to themselves. Um, (laughs) And I think it it can look very obvious where if you see like a movie that has a bunch of moving shots and then all of a sudden they're just static. I think that it's such a small thing, but I think subconsciously the fact that most of the shots where they're talking to each other, we have shots where they're both in frame, but the camera's still moving is Mm -hmm. like such an effective way of making it feel like real conversation. Cause mentally we all know how you make a movie where it's two of the same person. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that if you see a static camera shot where it's someone talking to themselves, you're like, Oh, this is clearly fake. But if you have it moving, it kind of tricks the brain. It gives the effect that it's ongoing. Exactly. And so I think that the way that it's staged really helps. I differentiate Mark as a character in just the physicality of how in like the scenes in the storage uh, unit, you know, even as Steven is pacing around, Mark is completely stoic, like all these different things, I think really help establish. And I think what you said, Jerome, about him understanding the stakes, I think is the really important thing, because it's not like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde situation, where, you know, uh, Steven is a nice guy and Mark is a monster. It's like, Mark is, inc- is I think, incredibly sympathetic to Steven. I think he mm-hmm. just tries to say, like, I feel really bad for you, but you do not understand how big of a deal this is. And I think that that is, like, a really, a much more interesting way of looking at it because it isn't as simple. We're not really rooting for one or the other. Like, we want Steven to be happy, but we do also want Mark to succeed. And so I think... We want whoever the character that Oscar Isaac is playing to, like, succeed overall. Like, regardless (laughs) of whether they're Mark or Steven. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing, too, like, kind of adding on to your point there is, uh, you know, Steven is obviously, like, the lighter of the two, but it's clear that Mark has been tormented for a while. And I think there's a level of sympathy that needs to go over there uh, in terms of, yeah, like he seems like (laughs) far less enjoyable to be around, but he also seems to be the one who has gone through more of the shit. 
And so because of that, I think, um, yeah, it goes both ways. Like, and uh, it's, I mean, I don't even know where I really stand. I mean, I like Mark because I could then get to see like the full suit. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> beyond that, no, it's, uh, I, I would say, you know, Jay kind of nailed it there. Like, there's no, for me at least, like, I like this one more the other than the other, or I'm rooting for more than the other because they actually feel a little more as one, like two pieces of one, as opposed yeah. to like two competing sides. Yeah, and I think, and Jake, you did a good job of kind of illustrating the 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 mark and the differentiation between the two of them. I thought the scene with the security with Scotty at the beginning was <laughs> not only funny and great. Uh, but you get to the end of that part and then you see Mark come into full view in the camera and then and then Stephen go, that isn't me. Just the look, yeah. just the look, the, the, the sell again that Oscar Isaac is doing there is just is just tremendous there. And it kind of it kind of highlights, oh, wow, these really are two two completely different people. So I, I really enjoyed that part of it. And so one other thing that I picked up in this episode that I feel like like what you will should, should get some love is you know Arthur's group of of pals like all of these people that he hangs out with there was a lot of kingpin vibes uh in terms mm. of just like he got a lot of folks with him he got the I think the DCI show up to Steven's apartment and and they take him through they take him and and you see like he's trying to ask for help once they stop off and then the girl comes up, and then you see that she got the scales too. And it's like, damn, everybody got them damn scales. So Arthur, as um as a cult leader, is doing a pretty damn good job, I gotta say. <laughs> yeah, he's really like kind of in control of the situation. If like I, I think that's also now you're talking about like three sides to it, right? There's Arthur who's on top of what's going on. There is Mark who is working against Arthur, but I think they're finally coming to a head where they're crossing each other's paths. And then there's Steven who is trying to figure out what the heck is going on altogether. Um, and yeah, that, that is definitely the interesting side of it. Like I think if Ethan Hawke just didn't use a very gravelly, like this is what's happening voice, then uh, <laughs> he wouldn't seem as evil as he does. Uh, Cause there is like something very calming about him, but calming in a way that does come off as sinister to a degree. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's something interesting what's going on. And like, even when you're looking at, like you said, like all the people that follow him, like you mentioned cult, but you know, um, in, in, until we know for sure, he does. He still could be the hero to those people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I also yeah, I also think a really important moment in that scene, though, and I think what makes it even less like the Doctor Dracula, Mister Hyde thing, is yeah. that I, I I think it was really really valuable that they gave Stephen the moment of being sold Ethan uh, uh, Harrow's bill of goods and yep. rejecting it. That it's it's not like Stephen disagree. Like he has just as much of a moral problem with it as Mark does. <laughs> yeah, it's not I, I should walk back some of what him, I just said. Like that 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 side of it does not make him seem like for a sure. person. But I think that I think you can make the because like Mark is doing what he's doing, obviously because he has a moral issue with it, but also because Conchu he's you know working for Conchu, whereas That's Stephen right. has none of that Conchu stuff, and even he is like that. That really makes it feel like 
you that's why it's very even because when presented with what's going on i was afraid that it was going to be like one of the, a situation where oh steven's so dumb that he gets seduced by his whole <laughs> leader but like no even he's like you know i draw the line at killing children which mm-hmm. great place to draw the line um i don't care how good the lentil soup is but i, <laughs> I really like that moment because it, it it gave him a really good dose of humanity um and you know i think the the, the strength of this episode in terms of Steven is that it really took him out of the bumbling fool territory and more yeah. into like the, you know, goofy guy, but a, a real person. And yeah. yeah, I get it. It's like a product of, you know, we only have six episodes to work with, but I do like, like in a lesser show, um, this would be a moral quandary that would last at least half an episode, if not longer. And the fact that it like is caught immediately is it's good. It, it should move that way. Yeah, it absolutely should. And and I think the thing that worked about that entire scene leading up to before we get the we get the fight scene is you have the moral conundrum, but you also have you have Arthur on one side, and then you got Kanchu uh, trying to start mess from right when they get outside the car. And I mean, but I, let let's also like do the reveal of like because don't we find out by this point that. Um, Kanchu Kanchu's previous avatar was was Arthur. Yes. Arthur. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a that's an interesting choice that this show has made because it allows it allows us to see in terms of hey, this person as you were saying earlier Jerome kind of knows everything. He has a good idea hmm. of everything that's happening not only with what he's trying to do with Amit and the scarab they do they do a good job of like revealing it because because we're we're not so sure exactly what level of power or what arthur can do when he starts reading into everything conchu is saying you're thinking like oh he has a connection to that world and then that is actually flipped around to just say like he knows because he's been fed this before directly as his avatar yeah and i think from a psychological standpoint like understanding this god and finding out that this god who has so much power yet feels so powerless because he can only interfere in so much of things uh you can under you can almost understand that the way that he has this kind of mental hold on both mark and steven as we continue on and then as arthur explains this is who this person is he's he's petulant in a way he you know, he has temper tantrums, Kanchu does. And I think that's just another example of, like, uh, F. Murray Abraham. Man, what a, like, just doing the voice. It's just, oh, it's just it's killing so it. He's killing it, man. He's killing it. So I, I, I think an important thing is I think that that voice very easily could just be, let's get a really big actor to come in for an hour just to give gravitas. But it's like mm. a real performance, which I think is really important. Because, like, totally. when I first heard he was doing it, I was excited. But I'm like, is he just going to do, like, a dramatic voice but no he's playing a character yeah you gotta put over the arrogance because that's really like with that with that type of power you have to put over hey i own you basically like which he kind of just tries to do throughout and arthur is saying nah nah it's really not like that if you really think about it yeah i will accuse you of plagiarism on your brilliantly written english paper like i see it for sure Yeah, man. So I I think the Kachu stuff, uh, I want to see how this character continues to develop going forward. 
and I'm I'm very I'm very excited to see how this story develops from that standpoint. But I think the 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 most fun part of this episode, which was alluded to earlier, was when we get to you know when when Layla shows up with the scarab and the chase happens and and Arthur summons another one of the one of those beasts the whole trans I think there's two things happening there before we even get to the action I I I love the I love the Steven just not wanting to give up the give up the personality in that instance I'm in control this time mm-hmm. um but I also can't summon the suit so like I think Layla talking to him about summoning the suit so obviously she has experiences with Mark fighting in the suit before that part is interesting but then Steven, Steven's choice, the way that they always kind of center it back to Steven and trying to find his way through this, uh, I thought was a fun touch. Yeah, because I think the important thing to keep in mind is that you you understand why Steven doesn't want to give up his consciousness because it's consciousness. Like, it... it if, from the outside, it'd be like, come on, just let the tough guy fight. But on the other hand, it's like, this guy has had his life ruined by Mark in a lot of ways, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, all of the bad things that's ever happened to him, as far as he remembers, are all because... He thought it was just because he had a sleep disorder, but it turns out it's this other guy ruining his life for him. So he doesn't know when he'll ever get it back. I mean, it's a lot like the Hulk in uh, Ragnarok, yeah. where he doesn't know when he's ever going to get back. And so I think totally. that it's... And then I, and I do think it's fun that even though Steven is not a good fighter. It's not like he gets his ass kicked and like crazy. Cause he still does have the power of Contra. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. To a degree. Him. Like he thinks he can have a better grasp of his conscious <laughs> Yeah. 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 Oh. No notes. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> but um, yeah, that, 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 that fight was, that fight ended up being fun. Uh, more so just to kind of see Steven kind of strut his stuff a little bit. You know what you call it? Him getting that one punch off, and 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 then him still getting knocked by that bus to the point where uh, Mark is like, "All right, you know, let let me do this." And Stephen well, kind of realizes before we even get there. Day. Yeah, go ahead. Like, let's also shout out Layla holding her own, like without anything. Period. Oh, instantly. Because yeah. What we find out is the conflict that is going on with Mark is he also wants to keep Conchu from making Layla his avatar or their avatar. And so uh, but when you see it in action, you're just kind of like getting convinced Layla's probably the best option to take on this suit. Cause she's like kicking so much ass. She might be. And this is like one of those things where now, uh, well, we get the, we get that tease. We get the, the, the talk about that. She's just, not only Marcus trying to avoid that, but Kanchu mentions it too. And you wonder if, it's going to be a point where they get there. That's a nice little carrot that they they put out there for us to see what happens. But I think the transformation from uh, from from Mister Knight uh, back into Moon Knight was fun. Um, I think it was some of these. See, this is the thing with some of these action scenes. You know, there's been a lot of talk about this show in general. Is it going to be really violent and stuff like that? I mean, I don't know. It doesn't necessarily need to be as long as something's choreographed and shot well. I think you could get off something good, and it doesn't need to be like bloody, like like Daredevil was. Which I, I think, mm-hmm. I think so far, this is fine. In terms of controversies, I heard about only because I 
they fit like the responses to the controversy were retweeted by UAC. Definitely one of the <laughs> dumb runs I've ever seen. Um, uh, who cares? I I just there's a certain like I, I think Inna will move on immediately, but it falls into the category of people who like this stuff a lot or insecure about it and want it to be as adult as possible so they don't feel like they're watching stuff for kids. And just you're watching stuff for kids, it's fine. It's whatever. It's super it's okay. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, Stop it. yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Right. Absolutely. And. So uh, yeah, I enjoy I enjoyed the scene. That was pretty majestic. Mm-hmm. Like we get the shot of him uh, going from building the building uh, with the with the moon fully lit. Jerome, how'd you feel shot. about that? How, how'd you feel about that scene? Um, yeah, no, it was like it was really cool action, and definitely because it's like m- mystical creatures and such, you get to g- be a little graphic. Like the fact that like it gets impaled <laughs> is like, yes. really yeah. cool. <laughs> it's and like and like visually speaking, everything, um, all of it. I mean, like in fairness, you as Marvel's Batman, you never see Batman get like that nasty. I guess like maybe some of Zack Snyder stuff. But, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I I mean it's it, it's the thing like not knowing the character at all like of course like the way they're handling character and story and all that has been really good but the big appeal for me when i saw it at first i was like this guy looks really cool and i want to see him do a lot of stuff and it is really exciting to see it individually and i know being that it's the marvel cinematic universe i agree with jake when he mentioned it on an like last episode i don't want to see him connect with the larger universe that soon but it's gonna be super cool when he does because like what you're getting here is so so visually appealing oh yeah i i was thinking about it and i've been thinking about it ever since i saw the first four episodes it's like there's so much legwork that could be done with this character there's so much story that you can get into with these character and characters Mm -hmm. that Man, you could kind of, you really could make him his own thing for a good minute. I mean, think about how much mileage they got out of the fact that because the whole thing about Thor is that Thor reveals that Norse gods are real, Moon Knight reveals that Egyptian gods are real. There are entire pieces of fiction that are just about like Rick Riordan has like seventeen beach houses because he said, "What if Greek gods are real?" and that was the whole thing. <laughs> so, like, I think that you really open up a whole world of possibilities. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what he does by himself, what he does with other people. But I do agree that there just is a lot to explore, um, like beyond because they're really only dealing with two gods, uh, uh, focusing on two of you know the what is it nine gods that they mentioned. Um, so yeah, right. I, I, there's there's a lot of stuff they could do. Right, and I thought I thought the end after after the jackal is put down, and. You know, we get that conversation between Mark and Steven. I thought Oscar Isaac did such a good job there, illustrating the frustration of both sides at what is Mm -hmm. happening. And just the idea of having this voice, voices inside your head and to the point where you're talking over each other. And then when when he kicks the mirror, like that is like, that's the, the level of anger trauma to a degree like all that stuff that you you, you want to see in, in in this as far as the the DID aspect is concerned this is what this type of thing could be i really i really love the way that it it hit that point home i think you got a sense that like everything that has been happening to mark whether it's like the being conscious avatar or doing all the things has really cut his life into pieces so he's at this point where it's his last resort yeah 
Um, and you, he doesn't give a fuck if he cuts his arm breathing, you know? Um, <laughs> bleeding, sorry. Um, it's, it's always nice to have a musical reference that I get on the show. Um, but I really like this too because we've been seeing Mark in basically being the one who knows what's going on and is the one who's comical and collected mm-hmm. and like that Steven's freaking out and Mark is like, it's okay, et cetera, et cetera. But you have to understand that Mark has been aware of this issue for clearly much longer than Steven. So he's also at his wit's end, you know? Like Only Arthur also... is actually in control. Yes, exactly. Yeah. He yeah. and And I think that like the bit of him, you know, kicking the mirror is just, he he's had to try to be keep it together because when the other personality you have is Steven, you really don't have a choice, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I really like the way that they gave him that moment um, to kind of lose it. Uh, and because we've yeah, seen, I, we've been watching Steven lose it for two episodes and we exactly. needed Mark to break. Yeah. There's something to be said for, and, and I think the, you know, the, the hidden message, and maybe it's not something that they were trying to do outright, but I feel like the idea of control and what that mm-hmm. means, because Arthur and the way that he controls almost every situation that he's involved in, and you have these two personalities wrestling for control, while the god above them is like, uh-uh, I control this whole thing. <laughs> so all of this control element is fun to see fun to watch because it's because you have all of these very well drawn out characters having this issue that seems fundamental to the series because even more like we could talk about the whole trying to find Amit and release Amit stuff as far as uh controlling that aspect this person wants to this god wants to control even original thought like if you even think about killing somebody then that's that for you you're done like stuff like that (laughs) like you you have you have this entire element and i think the control aspect seems like a seems like a very relevant uh thing to this series so however it goes and however it continues Mm -hmm. i'm very fascinated to see where where it does go and obviously they're talking a lot about this being about mental illness and it is obviously um although i do think they I'm curious to see how it follows up because I think that that kind of is a not a misnomer, but like a I don't think a great representation of what it's about because the specific mental illness that it's showing is like I mentioned in the last episode one of the most, if not the most rare mental illness. It's not like someone who's depressed right. or anxious, really. But I think I think that this show really gets well is it it feels a lot like like Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde was supposed to be a metaphor on drug and alcohol abuse and how like blackout drinking or you know things like that that it. it that but not necessarily either of those characters representing that, but um, you really could understanding giving up the body as maybe blacking out or as over or doing too much, like, and that you can then if you extend the metaphor, the contrary is you know the substance, um, in that the that I think a lot of times in stories where like someone has different personalities you focus on what the individual personality is doing when the person is active in it. But I think what I really like about the series is that it cares just as much about when Mark is in control, it cares just as much about how that affects Steven and vice versa. And I mm-hmm. feel like that is, that's a powerful thing. It, it's what it, it's a, it's a story really about control. Um, like you said, and that while the way it does this is having multiple personalities, 
the way that it ends up being about mental illness generally is that that is, of course, the thing that most mental illnesses have in common is that they give the person suffering a feeling that they're not in control. And so I kind of just negated the point I made at the beginning of my sentence, but you followed right now. <laughs> yeah, you know, we follow the logic. Yeah, I think um, – and it's also just that notion. Like because we have the uh, element of Khonshu like and uh, Mark or Stephen being the Avatar 4, like it's just like the idea that this body has – no sense of what its true self is is a really interesting thing and definitely like in the context of this show like you mentioned jake uh when it it, it feels like a very like magical and uh fantastical version of you know dealing with like multiple personalities but it, it is also like leaving like for me at least that gray area of like why is this is this like if if Kanchi wasn't in the picture, how does this actually mm -hmm. look? Is this yeah. like what's going on here or is it something else entirely? Um, and and so, it yeah, it, it is a kind of a mystery in itself. A mystery in that like in understanding like the why or the how and then also a mystery in terms of like figuring out whatever the resolution to this all is. Because I think the mystery that's kind of unspoken that mm -hmm. I think is the most interesting question of all and I have a I'm pretty confident in my answer, but I could be wrong, is that, and the thing that Mark never touches for obvious reasons is, I mean, Stephen Grant is, is even ever been a real person. Right. You know? And yeah. my, my answer to that is, I don't think so. Um, mm -hmm. Then that's not based on anything in the future episodes, but it's just kind of my gut uh, feeling on it. Um, and especially in this, like the way that the calmness with which Mark talks to him and like basically the way that he doesn't want him to learn more and more, because of course the one thing Steven can't learn is that he is just a personality that was conjured mm -hmm. up either because of Conchu or because of just mental illness that Mark has. Um, but I think that that's like the question that they don't, that's like the third rail that I think the care that Mark knows he can't touch. And I think that that is really interesting to watch the tension of. Yeah. yeah. And also like, I think that's where you kind of like dive into like before the show got released and we saw all the trailers like one of the big controversies was this like dick van dyke like british accent and um it is it, it does leave like kind of like even beyond it like the acting decision of acting that way when you're supposed to be a british character and whether it is because oscar isaac really just thinks that's how british people are in it or um, <laughs> or there is something to Jake's point of Steven not being an actual person that exists in any way. Yeah, and it's yeah. something like made up as a persona. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was interesting reading an article in Variety, Variety today that Oscar Isaac's uh, choice to do this voice was not very well received. Uh, not by <laughs> Kevin Feige, not by a lot of people associated with the show, but he's like... Let see, me, see now that that's there, this. that feels a little bit like a publicity play. Um, I, like, honestly, <laughs> yeah. now that they do something like that, like somewhere around the lines, like the, you remember like the succession piece uh, yeah. on Jeremy Strong, although that one I will say probably has as much to do with just Jeremy Strong being that kind of guy mm -hmm. and yeah. maybe just like the New coincidence of it working. Weirdos. Right. But like in this case, I don't know. Um and that's, uh, I mean, that's maybe more of the adult slash person who does podcast side that, you know, you envy kids who this is made for, um, yeah. is just being a little too, or a like little too inside, a little too inside and maybe a little too like, 
triggered by things in ways that like <laughs> you're thinking like you're being a little like very self-aware about it but maybe it actually takes away from some of the enjoyment i mean I, the thing is it's not i think that like the if you looked at the discord when that first trailer came out where you heard his voice mm. people definitely like it's Kevin, if Kevin Feige didn't actually like the voice, he would not be the f- only person to say that. Like, I think people <laughs> still don't like the voice, and I think it really works for what the character is supposed to be. Like, I that, think yeah, yeah, yeah. It, when you see it in play, it, it, it plays. When you see yeah. it work, like, when, and when you see it as a contrast to Mark, like, I think it's like, I mean, also, I, it's stark. truly it's one yeah. of those things. It, it reminds me a lot of a story that I heard Matt Damon tell once, where he's talking about. Um, John Malkovich first day on Rounders, where he, he comes in and says first something, if you don't have my money, <laughs> right, right, you right, right, are right, right. mine. And then he leans right. in and he says to Matt Damon, in truth, I'm a terrible actor. And what I what <laughs> how that relates is that I think that it comes to a certain point where it's like with Oscar Isaac, Oscar Isaac could have shown up doing any accent whatsoever. And I would have been like, if this is what with you material you thought was the right thing to do, then I trust you more than I trust myself. You know? Exactly. And I'm sure that also, that's what, that's what they, they like do address it to a degree, right? Like mm-hmm. Layla even makes like comments of just like, are you just gonna keep this accent or keep this thing going? Yeah. So yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It definitely feels like like they played up on it a, a little bit to your point, Jerome. But to kind of close out cl- close out this episode itself. So obviously we get the you know Mark taking over, and then Kanshu basically tells him, "Hey, you failed, but we you know we're gonna still try and get this thing done." And then he mentioned he throws that little carrot about Layla out again without mentioning her by name. And then we get to give me um, the cutting room floor footage or like scenes of just you know Mark on a plane to Egypt. <laughs> like, how does that look? Like the in between, oh, the cutaways. Like I know there are ones where you know uh, obviously like from uh, episodes so far, like you see like clear like actual action and violence and things have happened. Like give me like the mundane like in between where like Conchu is just like sitting there like. I would like a ginger ale and a graph. Yeah, does flight. Conchu spring for like uh, economy plus? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, g- g- give me F. Murray Abram just going like leg room. <laughs> just, <you know. laughs> a different, a different version is uh, I deliver yeah. swift justice. Oh man, yeah, yeah. yes. Uh, but um, I didn't get to talk about this in episode one, but I would be remiss if I did not mention the badass closing credits. Of this show, I love the credits. Oh, just like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tremendous. The score, like the music, mm-hmm. is a, it's a complete. I mean, that, vibe. that's some of the strongest stuff that comes out of like Disney Plus series. Period. Like they just like their art department. Like shout out them for all that they added. Like yeah. that's not just Marvel Disney Plus, but that's also like the Star Wars Disney Plus series. Like they all do mm-hmm. such a great job of yeah. sharing like artwork and animation and all those things. Yeah, and, and I think something that we'll talk about for uh, the next episode, definitely, I think one thing that I picked up on was the way that in the credits, they show Mark at one point three-sided as opposed mm. to, you know, what we get with Steven and Mark so far that we've seen. There's a little bit of a three-sided thing going on, but we will save that for episode three and get into that more uh so listen moon knight's been fun we're 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 already a third of the way through so you know we'll we'll see what happens in episode three and uh yeah it should be a should be a fun ride going forward Uh, jake where can we follow you my friend you can follow me at jake christie uh and just yeah keep um supporting the show etc etc 
And the Rome Dog, where can we follow you, brother? Uh, you can follow me at Black Dragon Roll on uh, Twitter and on Instagram. Yes, sir. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony Canton underscore three. Follow the show at MC University Pod. You know the whole thing with the patron. Uh, as I've become a Patreon, uh, it's been fun doing the the Discord uh, and talking to everybody, not only about this show, but everything that's been happening in the MCU and other topics as well as we where are we going to be in terms of the bracket by the time this goes out because i know like uh, to our fans finals like, we are recording today this yes we're recording and mm-hmm. the finals are gonna be over tomorrow so the bracket will be like ended five days ago so it's not actually relevant which is why i didn't say it <laughs> no no that's totally fair well then in that case thank you everyone for participating in the bracket and let me do this congratulations to valkyrie for winning the bracket i'm gonna cut that in um <laughs> great Great. So yeah, and so keep keep following, keep uh watching Moon Knight, and we'll be back with you next week. So for Jerome Chang and Jay Christie, I am Anthony Canton the third. This has been Marvel Cinematic University, and we will talk to you next time.